is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. We've had a lot of requests for this one. It's a big one in global politics. It's none other than the South China Sea. In this episode, we have a look at why it is so strategically important, the competing claims to it, and how the world is managing China's increasing presence in the region. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. All right. The South China Sea is part of the Pacific Ocean, Claire. No big surprises that it's located south of China. To the west is Vietnam. To the east is the Philippines. South of the South China Sea is Malaysia and Brunei. And around its perimeter are a number of other nations. It's really a junction point for much of Asia. Geography from you also to start, Claire, what is actually there? Because it's more than just water. There are 250 islands and reef formations, many of which are naturally underwater at high tides. Some of them are permanently submerged. The natural formations are the Spratly Islands, Paracel Islands, Pratas, the Natuna Islands and Scarborough Shoal. They're spread over an area that's 810 by 900 kilometres and the largest island is just 1.3 kilometres long with an elevation of just 3.8 metres interesting part of the world. There are a few things about it that make it some of the world's prime real estate. Let's start with access. It's the second busiest trade route in the world after the English Channel. About one third of the world's shipping passes through that region, carrying more than $3 trillion in trade each year. For context, All economic activity in Australia is valued at a bit over $2 trillion, so it's a lot. The region is particularly important to China, Taiwan, Japan, South Korea, who rely on the Strait of Malacca, which connects the South China Sea with the Indian Ocean for trade. And then there's the abundance of fish. Of course, fish equals food. It does, and the region accounts for about 10% of the world's commercial fishing grounds. It makes it a very important source of food for hundreds of millions of people. It's unregulated there too, and that means that it's one of the world's most exploited fishing grounds. Thirdly, there are believed to be large gas and oil reserves under the seabed. Why believed to be? Well, it's a highly disputed area, so it's really hard to nail down exactly what is there. But substantial reserves found in the surrounding areas suggest that there might be big untapped oil and gas reserves in the South China Sea. Mm. The US Energy Information Administration estimates that the area contains about 11 billion barrels of oil and 190 trillion cubic feet of natural gas, which is a lot. Other estimates double that number. Finally, the South China Sea has the ability for a military presence to be established on those islands that we talked about earlier. And control ultimately means a cop on the beat. So the nations with boots on the ground, so to speak, would have a lot of control in that important region. And it's for all these reasons that the South China Sea is a disputed territory with lots of nations wanting their piece of the pie. So the question is, how does one lay claim to the seas? Let's get stuck in. There are international laws that determine how much of the sea off their coastline a nation effectively owns. These are called economic zones. All coastal countries can claim exclusive economic zones that extend about 200 nautical miles from their coastline, and that gives that country special rights regarding the exploration and use of marine resources in that area. Those rights are guaranteed by the United Nations Convention of the Law of the Sea. 
but China has essentially ignored laws mm. when it comes to the South China Sea. Yeah, and despite an international tribunal ruling in 2016 that China had no legal basis for its territorial claim over the sea, China has continued to ignore those rulings and they continue to militarise and fish in that area. And they've drawn a line to mark what they say is their territory, what they lay claim to. It's the infamous Nine Dash Line. China says that its right to the area goes back centuries to when the Paracel and Spratly Island chains regarded as integral parts of the China nation. So in 1947, they issued a map with a line on it, and it's a dotted line. It's known as the Nine Dash Line, and it marks the territory of the South China Sea that they lay claim to. It's vaguely demarcated and it's widespread. It overlaps with nearly every other country's competing claim. And when you say other countries that lay claim to it, we're talking about Vietnam, the Philippines, Malaysia and Brunei. Yeah, these disputes have led to much violence in the region, particularly in the 1970s onwards, most of which are between China and Vietnam or China and the Philippines. The latest clash in the region occurred in May 2014 when China started drilling into the waters near the Paracel Islands. That led to a standoff between the Vietnamese and the Chinese. It's perhaps an obvious question, but I think it's probably important to reiterate why the great fear of China having claim to the South China Sea? What's the risk? Well, first and foremost, there's international agreements to keep major shipping lanes like the South China Sea open. So Mm. there's fear that if China was to gain control over the South China Sea, it'd be able to interfere with trade to and from other countries. And that's actually happened in the past. In 2010, a territorial dispute between China and Japan led to China blocking the supply of rare earth metals to Japan. They're essential materials that are used in the electronics industry. And China is already attempting to control the waters by using its vessels to harass other countries' boats and deny access to the area. As we researched this one, we stumbled upon a quote from a famous adventurer, Walter Riley, which sums this up pretty well. He writes, Whosoever commands the sea commands the trade. Whosoever commands the trade of the world commands the riches of the world and consequently the world itself. Which is very apt in this case. It is. All right. In this final segment, let's have a look at what China is actively doing in the South China Sea to stamp their authority there and how the rest of the world, particularly the US, has become involved. Claire, we've got to start with the fact that China are building artificial islands out there in the South China Sea. What they're doing is reclaiming land. As we said, there's low-lying land there and they're really building it up so that it's out of the water Mm. and it's been increasing its military presence in that region and using that reclaimed land to build military facilities. One of the islands that China has built up is called Mischief Reef. It even has basketball courts, tennis courts and running tracks. And at 2000, 2016 report from the US Department of Defence estimated that in the few years prior, China had constructed as much as 3,200 acres of new land in the Spratlys. By comparison, other claimants to territory in that region have claimed only up to 50 acres of land between them. 
I'm sure this is an age-old joke, but Mischief Reef is quite an ironic name for one of those islands, I'd say. Bit of a sense of humour, perhaps. Bit of a sense of humour. Um, so, of course, what we've learned is that a lot of this is against international law. Who actually holds China accountable? There's a bunch of international agreements and judgments and admonishments about what China is doing, but nothing has been enforced. And that really means that they've been able to get on with that work largely unchecked which is where the US gets involved. The US, of course, does not have any claim to the South China Sea and only around 6% of its trade is done through the region. But this is about power. And it's become involved in that conflict because of fears that China will increase its influence and power in this very lucrative region. And it threatens that of the US, which has close security ties with a number of countries in that region, including Vietnam and Japan. So the US can see that the ramifications of China gaining control of the area and increasing its military presence would have significant geopolitical consequences for America. Yeah, and that's why the Trump administration and administrations before that have been involved in what's called freedom of navigation operations in the South China Sea, particularly near those disputed areas, which China has been none too happy with. And some of other nations are working with America on this? Japan has partnered with the US on this. It's been its biggest military intervention in the region since the Second World War, just to give you a sense of scale of involvement. The UK and France have also sent naval ships to the region to uphold those principles of freedom of navigation. What about us? What about Australia? Yeah, indeed. It's a region that's particularly important to us economically and strategically. And as an issue, it's really at the apex of the conflict that we have with China being our biggest trade partner while the US is our biggest ally. But at the end of the day, that need for a shipping route to be open so that we can get our exports, not just to China, but to markets across Asia, it's a really important one. So we've also been involved in those freedom of navigation operations. And I guess to finish off, if people are paying attention to news about the South China Sea at the moment, it, like everything, is in the context of this coronavirus crisis the world's facing. Yeah, that's right. There's lots of claims that China's been taking advantage of this strategic vacuum created by COVID-19 to increase its control in these disputed waters. For example, there was a Vietnamese fishing vessel with eight fishermen on board. They were going about their business near the Paracel Islands when it was rammed and sunk by a Chinese maritime surveillance vessel. Mm. That happened in early April, which was pretty aggressive. And that's your shortcut to the South China Sea. On to our recommendations. Each episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we recommend some further reading, listening, watching. I had a recommendation and then I watched yours. And to be honest, I can't beat it. <laughs> I'm going with yours. You're not going to share it's yours so now. Good. Wow. No, no. Well, <laughs> my, my, forget mine. Forget I ever had one. This map men is where it's at. <laughs> I reckon understanding this, you really need to look at a map and you need to look at the lines on the map just mm. to understand where the conflict is. And I found this YouTube video by a couple of guys called the Map Men. They lay it all out in two minutes. You can completely understand what it's all about once you've seen it. There's a scene where one of them's in a bath. The bath's a bit mouldy, but if you can 
can just look past that, you'll yeah. absolutely nail this issue. It's um, probably a better explainer than this podcast. <laughs> Definitely go and have a look at that. <laughs> no. Thanks for listening in. Please shoot us an email at hello at thesqueeze.com.au if you have any requests. South China Sea was a big one. We've knocked that over. If you're new to The Squeeze, we also have a news podcast which drops at 6am each weekday. And in under 10 minutes, we take you through the news of the day. You might want to subscribe to that. Until next week. Thank you.